This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Arsenal are open to Thomas Partey's sale. Edu flies in amid Arsenal's January transfer needs and De Bruyne is incredibly annoying. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Transfer Show, joining you every single morning at 8am UK time. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. If you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show, that would be very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend so far. I know that there's no Arsenal, um, but there's certainly football and there's the birds and the skies out there to go and enjoy as well I did yesterday got out and watched a awful first half of football as Charlton faced Peterborough my in-laws of course a big Charlton fan so had the opportunity to go and uh, give them a, a watch my missus is actually in Bristol so it was uh, it was my father-in-law uncle-in-law and uh, their very close friend as well that we went to see Charlton face Peterborough with one of the worst first halves of football I've ever seen followed swiftly by a much better second half in which they found an equaliser but sadly couldn't get a winner and Peterborough in the end came away with a, a 2-1 victory. It was a day of really interesting footballing stories yesterday. Uh, Reading protests, if you've not seen that, I would really look into the uh, the situation at, at Reading Football Club. It kind of, I think, brings into perspective how things could be so much worse for a football fan at times when you get the reality of what some football fans have to go through with their clubs. Um, but certainly... Uh, you got a feel for those Reading uh, supporters. But uh, focusing back on Arsenal, of course, thank you for joining. Drop a like, subscribe. We'll say good morning to those who are joining us. Pika Who, Darren, Matt Tomo, Jose Perez, Ponaru, Damian, Kaiser, Glenn, Emmanuel, Tabani, uh, Emmanuel as well, back again, uh, Arasilki, Matt G, uh, Maximius, we've got Shiv, we've got Jimbo, we've got Carlton, NSW, Paul Franklin, uh, Paul and Temi. Thank you. Uh, for those joining in the chat box, it is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend, as I say, so far. And uh, and that the rest of it is good. Still got Sunday. I'm working today. Um, I just have to work one day at the weekend. Usually, obviously, I'm, I've got a day where I'm at a game at the weekend. So it doesn't feel like you're working on a weekend day. But with there being no Arsenal this weekend, it's a, it's a usual Sunday shift uh, of, of coming up with some, some pieces. So uh, that's going to be very interesting indeed. But uh, let's jump into today's stories. We kick off with yesterday's Premier League action as well. Kevin De Bruyne is indeed, as I said at the start of the show, incredibly irritating, isn't he? He's just that good. He's just so, so good. Um, maybe he's a bit like Sansom now because he's his hair getting longer seems to have given him this power, not only to recover from injury, but of course to score and assist with a brilliant finish goal. He just passes the ball into the back of the net, doesn't he? Like that, It's just so easy and simple for him. And then the pass to, to Oscar Bob, and by the way, taking nothing away from what was a fantastic finish, the little left-right movement um, from the Norwegian international to, to finish was so good. Um, but yeah, we've got a... 
We've really got a challenge on our hands now. Manchester City coming from behind against Newcastle, who took a 2-1 lead, of course. Isak and Gordon also scoring two very good goals themselves. Bernardo Silva's little flicked finish to open the scoring in the game was another excellent example of, of how good these teams are and, and the challenges Arsenal are up against. But it means that Arsenal are three points behind uh, Man City with a game um, with level on games as well, of course. They've got that game in hand once we play against Palace, against Brentford. Um, but De Bruyne returning is certainly going to be a big benefit to them. And Erling Haaland could indeed be back by the end of the month as well. So City will be back to to full strength. Um, Arsenal's under-18s were in action. And we talked about the fact that Chido Abi Martin, the 16-year-old uh, Arsenal player, was uh, came off the bench for the under-21s the day before yesterday. Well, actually, uh, Arsenal's under-18s then featured and included Obi Martin in the in the starting role. He's progressed uh, into the under-18 side, which is really fantastic to see, actually. Um, and he was involved in, in an assist with the first goal before we saw a goal uh, from Brown. Um, and then the third goal was scored by Camera um, in a 3-0 win. Uh, that will certainly be very pleasing to uh, to specifically, um, what's his name? Jack Wilshire, of course, is doing fantastically well as Arsenal's under-18s coach. Uh, moving forwards and into our transfer lines, Edu is in Dubai. He's flown in, he's uh, with Mikel Arteta and he's with the squad. There was uh, suggestions that he might indeed fly out. Uh, with the team. I hadn't been able to get confirmation that I reported, of course, before the players flew out that we would see the likes of Yuri and Timber. And of course, we'd see the likes of uh, Thomas Partey and Reece, uh, not Reece Boyle, of course, we'd see Reese Nelson, but Alexander Zinchenko and uh, Gabriel Jesus as well. But it wasn't confirmed whether or not Edu was going to be flying out when I spoke to a contact of mine. But he has indeed, as you can see from the images, uh, flown out to uh, into, into Dubai, where he will be speaking with Arteta and being around the club. And hopefully we can keep our fingers crossed doing some transfer business. Um, we we expect there to be very limited movement this window, but it doesn't stop fans from getting excited. It doesn't stop fans from speculating about, of course, who might come in. But as I've tried to maintain and be consistent about across this window with you guys is that the expectations around Arsenal's moves are, are not high. I, I'd be shocked if we signed anyone um, because, of course, we are trying to flirt with the, the line of, of profit and sustainability. But if an opportunity arises that we can do, if Arsenal can sell a player, if somebody comes in with a really decent offer that the club deem uh, good enough, then indeed, of course, we will see um, some movement, I believe. But that doesn't seem any closer at the moment, which is, of course, a frustration. And lastly, uh, Alex Crook of TalkSport talking yesterday uh, said a number of things about Arsenal's potential business and kind of echoing those thoughts of if we are to do business, it's going to take Arsenal to sell some players, suggesting that there's interest in Mohamed Elneny from Turkey, uh, Aston Villa, um, still keen, supposedly, on a Smith row. And he also mentioned that if the opportunity came up to sell Thomas Partey, that Arsenal would, that they back the idea of selling him if a club came in for the Ghanaian international. We've known for some time that Arteta decided to keep Partey in the summer, but there's always been a feeling that if a significant offer came in from somebody, be it a Saudi side, be it from a club on, in Europe, we know Juventus were previously interested in Thomas Partey, then there was always the potential for, for him to be sold. I think in Arsenal's best interests, um, if you look at the football we've got left to play this season, I don't know if you're going to be able to get as anyone as good as Thomas Partey, even if you sell him uh, in the middle. I know that he's got his injury problems. He's expected, there's estimations that he could be back at the end of this month, which would be great to see him back at the end of this month. And if that's true, um, then we might have him for an extended period. He's obviously gone through the procedure to solve what was a thigh problem. And if this thigh problem is now fixed, thanks to the, the procedures that he's gone under, then hopefully um, we might have him for an extended period, which would be great. Obviously, we've seen Man City get back De Bruyne. Us getting back Partey would be really, really beneficial. And we've got Jurian Timber as well to look forward to returning, probably as I've estimated and, and been told around March time at the earliest. So uh, let's see what happens. Right, let's go to part two and your questions right after this.
Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box. Uh, Darren says uh, that he'd love to see Partey to have 14 to 18 injury-free games and then we could sell in the summer. That's ideal, isn't it? You know, if Arsenal could have Partey for the rest of the season basically injury-free and then move him on, that would be the dream scenario, really, for us. Um, but the likelihood of that happening, it's so hard, isn't it, to, to see whether or not we would be able to get Partey fit and keep him fit for the rest of the season. Um, Matt G says, did you see Vincent Company's post-match interview where he criticised the officiating? Do you think that he will be punished? I did. I watched it again, actually, this morning because I thought it might come up. And, you know, he labelled it a joke. He didn't label it a dysglaxia, um, which yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't know if there's a Belgian word similar to joke that they could claim <laughs> is similar to that um as as arsenal brilliantly did with disgrace and disgrazia um but uh yeah I, I agree with him it is a joke it was a clear foul on the goalkeeper in the game between luton and burnley how that wasn't given i have absolutely no idea um but uh very 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 strange um decision and uh, i don't really know how they can justify those decisions but they continue to do so but I respect to Vincent Company for speaking and openly and honestly as he did, and, and I hope he, I don't think he should get a I don't think he should get a punishment. He called it a bit of a joke. I don't know if that that will be enough to get him a, a charge, but uh, I guess we're going to have to see if indeed they do punish him. But uh, I think he was uh, I think he was well within his rights to say what he said, and uh, he may get punished. Uh, Chris says, "Would you take fifth in the league and we win the Champions League?" Yes, of course I would. Of, of course, because winning the Champions League gets you back into the Champions League next season anyway. Yes, it would be a disappointing league season. and You'd have to be thinking about who on earth is finishing above us. But who would care if we finished fifth, Chris, if we won the Champions League? Nobody. Nobody would care. I, t- I, I tell you what, I know people that would care. You'd get like people like that are critics of Arteta saying, well, he's gone from... Eighth, eighth, fifth, second, fifth. That's what they would say. <laughs> That's what they'd be. You get lots of like eight, eight, fifth, second, fifth tweets, wouldn't you? Um, but I don't think we can care too much because we'd be like, well, here's a picture of Arteta holding up the Champions League trophy. So yeah, I don't really care if we finish fifth and win the Champions League. It, it would be a brilliant. I remember when Chelsea won the Champions League, didn't they finish like seventh for? Where did they finish that season? They won the Champions. I, f- I feel like it was it saved them winning the Champions League, got them back because it got them, it pushed Spurs out of the competition, didn't it? Because Spurs finished fourth, we finished third. Chelsea won the Champions League and Spurs were pushed into the Europa League because Chelsea won it. I can't, was it sixth? Uh, Drago says they finished sixth in the league and won the Champions League and no one, no one cared. So, you know, it's if you win the Champions League, it doesn't matter where you finish in the league, to be honest. Um Max Amir says, Tom, was the Mallow Gusto lunge on Willian a red card? He was given a yellow for it. And your comments on the penalty awarded to Sterling. Um, I haven't seen the Sterling one. I have seen the um I have seen the the Mallow Gusto one. I think it's one of those borderline I, I think it's one of those borderline ones where you could see it given. It's I think it wouldn't surprise me. I don't have too many, I don't think I'd have too many complaints. If indeed it was um, Arsenal that that had that given against them, or if you know somebody else, I'm trying to see um, where the Sterling penalty is. I'm just seeing if this is a video of it. Um, it doesn't look like that's it. Um, I'm trying. I'll try and find a video of the Sterling penalty. I've not seen that. I watched the Man City game, but I didn't see the Chelsea game earlier on in the day. So sorry, I can't comment on that one. But Franklin Goodwin says he dived. So. I guess maybe <laughs> you guys think that he dived and that's why you're asking me. Um, but if anyone tags me in a video, I'll try my best to to check it out before the end of the show. Uh, Mike says, expecting a mini meltdown if the results go against us today. Predictions for Villa and Spurs games. Um, I mean, they should win their game, should they not? Um, Villa are playing against, uh, let's have a look at the fixtures. Uh, and obviously Man United have got Spurs, but Everton have got Villa. You'd expect Spurs and Villa to win both their games. If they don't, then... It's, it's on them, you know, really. So is there going to be a meltdown? We haven't played our game yet. We've got to play our game. You know, we've got Crystal Palace next week. We've got to win that. If we don't win that game, then yes, I would expect a meltdown. And to be honest, there wouldn't be too much excuses for that because you can't not win against Crystal Palace. You have to win that game. Um, 
So there are no excuses at all if we don't beat Crystal Palace. Uh, Lynn says the Fulham manager did the same. It seems since Arteta has spoken about these other managers are big, uh, they're also beginning to speak out as well. And that's good. You know, we want managers to speak out. We want it to be a bit of a movement, if you like, to get greater accountability. Um, and hopefully that will that will see us um, improve the officiating and create greater accountability within this sport, because that is what we want. Uh, oh, there was a comment that I wanted to address. I can't find it. Um, someone was asking about, hear me out, Benzema on loan. I really wanted... Here it is. Um, Leopold says, hear me out, Tom. Karim Benzema on a loan deal. I'm taking it. He's not in the squad, is he, at the moment? Um, is it? Where is he playing in, in Saudi Arabia? What team is it? It is uh, Al-Itihad is where he plays. He's not in the squad at the moment. He was kicked off a, a trip, apparently, because he went after going AWOL and he snubbed training. It seems there's a lot of unrest um, with a fair few players at the moment. As Jordan Henderson wants to leave. I think Roberto Firmino, I think I maybe saw something about him not necessarily being too happy there. And now Benzema, it seems it's just one thing after another at the moment. Um, so it's very quickly falling apart. Um, yeah, without a doubt. I'd, I'd take Benzema online for the rest of the season. You know, Benzema into the team for the rest of the season that gives you the, the striker that you want. Is it financially viable? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not we're going to see that happen, but uh, I would certainly do that. I'd certainly take Benzema on alone until the end of the season. Can finally the madness happen? Can we get the madness? Um, who is it? Mems, a good good old friend of the channel, Mems, uh, flying out to speak to Jenny Lizarazu. I think that's her name. Um, I remember those days. Those were some proper transfer Arsenal days. If you remember what I'm talking about, those were the days of the Arsenal transfer rumour mill. That was a brilliant time. <laughs> Just so such a brilliant, brilliant time in world of Arsenal transfers. If you know what I'm talking about, uh, you've lived through some uh, some amazing things, uh, for sure, for sure. Bizarre says, do you think Benzema is too old to sign permanently, but not on a loan deal? No, um, very different. Uh, Matt Tomo says, our match against Crystal Palace starts at 6.30am local time in Chicago. Any chance that you can convince the club to push it back so I don't have to wake up at 4.30 and <laughs> head over to the bar? Did the, does the subway run that early, Matt, um, at 4.30 in the morning? I'd assume it would. I guess you've got to, if you've got to be at the pub for what? 5.30. Does the subway run? Uh, the, sh the Chicago subway? Obviously, I've ridden that sh that subway uh, last year. And, uh, compared to New York, I prefer it. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not the biggest fan of New York subway, but Chicago's was uh, was was much better from my experience of it. But um, certainly, uh, we, certainly, I would be very, very keen to to know how your travel works when it comes to, to getting it. Trains run 24 hours here in Chicago. That's just... How gloriously good is that? After I've been to a few drum and bass raves in my day, I'd love for the tubes to have still been open 24 hours. That would have been great. Sadly, you had to kind of make your way back to your Airbnb or wherever you were staying in the cold. Uh, Tristan says, how likely is it that Partey, Jorginho and Elneny leave in the summer, which would mean three new midfield signings being required? I think there's a likely at least two of those three will go. I think you'll potentially see Jorginho and Elneny leave. We might extend it by another year for Jorginho. Partey, I'm a little bit I'm I'm a little bit frustrated about where where we might be going with the midfield depending upon who we look to to sign. So if Arsenal can bring in a quality replacement for Partey, great. But the problem is trying to find a player good enough. Find a player good enough to replace that because we have missed Partey this season. We went from Partey being the most available last season, the most available we've ever had him. 33, I think, Premier League games we had Thomas Partey for. But what we are looking at now is a situation where we've had him for four in the first half, more than the first half of the season. And you've got to replace that. You've got to replace that with a significant level of quality if he leaves because if we just have Rice, it's not enough. I'd love to see us go and bring in a really good box-to-box, -box, you know, top-class player. Um, really, really frustrating um, that we haven't seen um, links to kind of those types of, of, of players yet. Uh, let's scroll into the uh, the chat box as well. Um, let's go to 
boom, 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 boom. Scrolling up a little bit more. I always enter miss comments. Adam says, would a post-game press conference for referees appeal to anyone? I think it would, you know. I think it would appeal to plenty of people. I really do. I think that we would see a lot of um, uncomfortability from those refs if indeed they were questioned on some of their decisions. If they're not questioned on those decisions, it's only going to get worse, I feel. You've got to have a level of accountability for these players. Um, let's go to uh, Too Late uh, to Trifecta says, do you think Mika Bireff will get a chance? I mean, not this season. He's, he's on loan at, at, uh, at Motherwell. So uh, he'll continue to play with Motherwell until the end of the campaign. Um, and then he'll come back in the summer. I don't think that he will make it at Arsenal, to be honest. Uh, I really don't. Um, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that we'll see uh, Mika Bireff progress in that level. I saw fantastic tweets, by the way. You probably read my piece. We did that whole thing about the youth team and my thoughts around the youth side. I saw Elliot, aka Yankee Gunner, um, talking about the the calls for more youth players. And I wanted to read you through a bit of a thread that he put up on social media um, yesterday. He says, in quote marks, trust the academy, Mikel, FFS, in kind of quotation marks. Uh, Arsenal then start two academy players and bring one off the bench in the last two games. And then the reply is, not like that, which is <laughs> quite funny. Uh, he says, I understand being frustrated right now. It would be weird not to be worried about given our recent form. Um, but Arsenal have started an academy striker for half of our Premier League games. And everyone is simultaneously furious and uh, about that. And also furious that we don't use a 16-year-old. I just don't see how you can get mad that we re-signed Eddie and Nelson and kept Smith-Rowe while also being upset that a 16- and 17-year-old players aren't being given a chance. Considering the rabid level of interest in Arsenal and rush to judgment, maybe a bit of patience is better. Personally, I'm much less concerned about the academy players being given a chance than I am about adding the top-end quality that we need. City don't win leagues because of their academy. Liverpool and Arsenal each have one star from the academy in the market that makes the difference. And this is true. Like it's, I know that where I know that what we have is uh, a club that can produce some amazing talent. Amazing talent. We look at Saka. Smith Rowe, I know he's not getting the minutes, but he produced some fantastic performances for us until a player like, I think, um, what's the word? Uh, no, what's the player? Sorry. Until Martinelli recovered from that knee injury and, to be honest, performed better than we had from Smith Rowe, he was always going to find it difficult to find his way back into the squad. I know that he deserves more minutes. I know we could give Smith Rowe more minutes. I know that. But. You have to play your best players. So calling for a 16-year-old Nuaneri to get more chances and that to be the saviour of our season, it just it feels a bit backwards. It does feel a bit backwards for me. Uh, Chris says, in the summer, Arteta and Edu have got to say enough is enough now and get rid of Partey. Uh, James Will-Prowse would make sense in the summer. At least he's not constantly getting injured and he would bring something new. I think James Will-Prowse, obviously, at West Ham has done a really good job this season. But having only just signed, he will come with a big price tag. And I think that there is better. I also think that there is an element of his set-piece abilities really do buff the opinion of him, if that makes sense. The overall performances have been good, but I think Arsenal need to go for somebody top, top class to, to bring into the midfield. Uh, Alvin Mod says, uh, are we hyping up Timber too much? Uh, he has not really played for us yet. How do we know that he'll come in and deliver from day one? The answer is we don't know. I don't think it's about hyping him up too much. I think it's about being understanding of what we've missed without him in the squad. And because we've not had him in the squad, um, because we've not had, yeah, because we've not had Timber in the squad, we don't know what he would bring. What we did see, we did ultimately see him succeed in, in the preseason with the way in which we were kind of trialing him. And it looked really exciting. He was fantastic in the Community Shield against Manchester City. And that loss really, really did impact 
the way in which we were, you know, trying to think about the way in which we wanted to progress as a club, the way in which we wanted to do things differently this season. But you're right to ask the question if we're hyping things up too much because he's not played. You're ultimately the best you've ever been when you're not on the field because you're you're only as good as you are when people don't and can't remember what you were like. I remember Urza used to have this all the time. You know, Urza, whenever he wasn't playing, was the best player we had because he wasn't playing. But as soon as he came back, we had a lot of question marks about Meza Urza. So a lot of players have this. And I often feel that it, it can creep into the psyche when talking about players that are ultimately... Um, out. Uh, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, Cape Town says you're not looking at both sides of the picture. Would you rather continue seeing Kivior at left back, either one of Walters or Souza there? Kivior, obviously, a because Walters doesn't play left back for starters. Souza does play left back, but he's a kid and he's never played a competitive senior match of football in his life, whereas Kivior has and plays for Poland at international level at left back. So, yes, I would rather see Kivior, who we spent £20 million on in January of last season, playing at left-back than I would Souza or Walters. Because this is the picture that you have to paint for yourselves. These kids have been developed since they were six, seven, eight years of age. Clive raised this point to me, so credit to him. You go, you go through 10 to 15 years, um, in some cases, if you start an even younger age, of development. You throw a kid in when you could have played a senior player. You throw a kid in to a position in a pitch where ultimately they could have an absolute nightmare. They could get ripped apart. They could get destroyed by another senior player of another team. And all of those years of development that you have gradually and in such finite and uh, sorry, in such specific detail, grown these players, developed these players and you throw them into a game at senior level, and they have an absolute stinker. And it... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rex, not only their confidence, it puts a performance in the mindset to the millions that would have watched it. And I just don't think that it's right to do that. And I agree with Clive when he raised this point to me. I don't think it is right to risk a kid's career on a whim when you've got players there already that can play in that position. Kivior has not been, quote, awful there. He's not been great. But to suggest that he's been awful isn't necessarily accurate. He's done some good things, but he isn't a left back. He can play. That's not his best position. He can play there, but it's not his best position. But the idea that we'd then throw a 17-year-old into that role who has never played that position before at senior level on a competitive stage and risk that player's career in a really key moment. You don't, you, you just don't. You can bring them on maybe for the last five minutes of a game in certain cases, like you think about the Lons game. I think Arteta should have been better there in that Lons game where we were 6-0 up, 5-0, 6-0 up. We could have played a kid for the last five minutes of that game. It would have been fine. But to suggest that we throw an 18-year-old in to save a title-winning season over a player that plays left-back for his country... I think you're kind of forgetting the context of that situation and, and the damage that that could have if he is very, very poor. Um, let's go to Xhaka. My captain says, shocking thought, but we don't have to play with an inverted fullback every game if we don't have the players available. And you're right, we don't. We don't have to. But the way in which we've developed into a team that has competed for the title last season and aims to do again this season has been has been done through a system where our one of our fullbacks becomes an auxiliary midfielder. And so that system is what has got us into a position where we're trying to push for these things. And we don't have necessarily that traditional 
um, player, that traditional fullback to do that. I know that Kieran Tierney could have been that player for us, but it's no surprise that swapping out Kieran Tierney for the inverted nature of, of what we find ourselves in now has seen us go from a, a side that can, you know, is competing for a fourth place into a team that's trying to compete for a title. And I think that is, is very, very telling indeed. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's jump in. To, and by the way, I know that the obvious answer to say, well, what about Oscar Bob you know, at Manchester City? Why, why are Manchester City able to use Oscar Bob? And well, just remember that Oscar Bob is a senior Norwegian international, for starters. He's played through the youth ranks in Norway. He's now a senior international for, for, for Norway. And Manchester City can and have the depth and the quality to be a bit riskier with their youth players. They can afford to do that. Not only that, not only that can they afford to do that, but what they can also do is they've got these the City Football Group, which is 12 odd clubs in their group, which they can loan players out to, or they can sign from those other clubs before signing them, like Savio being one, for instance. Um, Girona, of course, have got a fair few Manchester City players, I think, there as well. It, 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 I just can't quite get my head around the idea of um, of throwing them in. Oscar Bob is also 20 years of age as well. Uh, So thanks, Clemmy, for pointing that out. He's further ahead in his development than throwing in a 16-year-old Nuaneri or an 18-year-old Sosa who's never played a a senior game of football in his life. But it's very, very different. And it can't really be compared. I think we can be better. I'm not saying Arteta's perfect using the youth players. You know, I'm not saying he's perfect at all. But what I am saying is that there are clubs that can be afforded the luxury of using their kids far more than Arsenal can. Far, far, far more than Arsenal can. If we were to play a kid in one of those games and it doesn't work out, Arteta is going to get berated. The pressure, as I've maintained before, on Arteta is higher than that than it is on Guardiola for me because the expectation around Arteta to deliver at Arsenal with the, the, the resources that he has. And I think that besides that, Pep Guardiola is in a position where not only did he obviously inherit a fantastic squad, but he's been backed by £1.2 billion worth of, of, of investment. And you've got a squad that's so deep that you can afford to throw a kid in a lot more, um, not laxadaisy, what's the word? Freely, that's the word. But we can be better. And in that Lons game, I think Arteta could have played one of the kids for the last five minutes. The PSV game, I actually kind of understand what he meant with the PSV game when he said he didn't feel like it was the right context. The game was at 1-1. It was very competitive. It wasn't Arsenal coasting towards the end of it like it was in the Lons game. I think the Lons game, as I say, is, is a bigger stick if you want to hit Arteta with one than the uh, than the PSV game is. I think it's, it's a far bigger stick to, to criticise him for not using one of the kids in that game. But yeah, the idea that the idea that you'd throw a kid in into a title race just because Kivior's not necessarily done it for us. I just, I can't get my head. I, I can't get my head around it. I really can't. Uh, let's scroll up into the chat box a little bit more. Rob says, will Saudi rejects be coming back on loan uh, with their messed up wage structures and dressing room coherence? Is there, I don't know about the dressing room coherence, but certainly the wage structure. Is there a wider podcast that needs to happen around the Saudi league influence, especially with, uh, the PM, uh, the Premier League's loan vote as well. Of course, teams that are owned by Saudi nations like um, Newcastle can loan players from the Saudi League. Um, so that is obviously something that's going to challenge them. I really struggle. Um, I really struggle to to see the idea of, of Arsenal going into the Saudi market during this January window. I, I can't see it, but uh, it could happen, but I don't think it will. I, I would take Benzema, as I've said, on loan for the rest of the season. I just don't see that happen. Um, MM says, for me, Academy should be making money uh, as well, uh, like in the summer, a potential of making 75 million. And it's also a good point. Your Academy is not just about producing players for the first team. The Academy is also something that can be a financial benefit to you. I mean, look at Chelsea. Chelsea have managed to bring in huge amounts of money from their Academy sales. Um, Arsenal need to be better at that. And it does rely on you having, of course, the talent to be able to sell. You need to be good with the way in which you loan players out as well. And Arsenal are trying to improve that. Of course, we changed our loan manager this season. Um, and if we can hopefully send out some players like Amario Koja Dubri, I think he needs to go and get a loan. He needs to go and find some some minutes at a senior level. 
Um, Rural Waters is another one I think can definitely start to look to, to think about going on loan. We've seen Patino do really well at Blackpool, but he's only got, a, sorry, at Swansea this season, but he's only got a year left on his deal. So that's the situation we need to resolve. Uh, following Balogun, we renewed his deal. I reckon that, well, not even I reckon, I know that we got £34 million, which could rise to above £40 million, depending on how much they then sell on for with a 17.5% sell-on clause inserted into that sale. And then we renewed Nelson and we renewed uh, Nketiah and we've renewed Smith-Rowe as well. And add Ramsdale into the fold. I know that Ramsdale isn't one of those graduates, but as a homegrown player, you'd expect him to get you a good fee. But those three group, uh, youth uh, graduates that hopefully we will sell for significant fees will prove the reason why we renewed their deals. Because when you sell a youth academy graduate, it shows up as pure profit on your balance books, which when you're trying to deal with profit and sustainability rules is really, really good. So for those that always wondered why on earth we renewed those players, the answer actually is very simple. And it's because we've then been able to um, move those players on for pure profit um, and give us more freedom to strengthen the squad going forwards. Uh, Darren says, what's happened to Brooke Norton Cuffey? This is a great example, actually. Darren, thank you for reminding me about Brooke Norton Cuffey. So Brooke Norton Cuffey went on loan la uh, for the last few seasons. He went on loan to Lincoln first. He went to uh, Rotherham. No, was it Lincoln? No, was it Rotherham first? Uh, no, it was Lincoln. I was right. He went to Lincoln first. Rotherham, then Coventry, and this season is on loan at Millwall. Now, he's played regular football. Regular football at season, uh, senior level for the last three seasons. Uh, loan at Lincoln first, went to Rotherham for half a season, went to um, Coventry for the other half of the season where he got to the playoff final, of course, and played at Wembley. And then he's gone to Millwall this season. He, for me, I cannot see making it at Arsenal. I've spoken to people um, that watch him regularly and after three seasons playing at senior level the whilst he's got a lot of talent he's got some really good skills of progressing the ball his execution his deliveries need work um his, his final ball is is kind of missing and i think that 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 finesse of a player's game is what takes you from a championship or a league one player into um a, a premier league player and i'm not sure that Britt norton cuffey is going to make it at Arsenal. It looked for a while like he could be a real talent, and he is still a talent, but I'm just not sure he's going to make it. And so after those three loan spells, you've got an asset there that you need to look to try and move on for a good fee with Brooknot and Cuffey. And if you don't do that, if you just continue to send him on loan and you don't get him in to the team well enough, his contract with Arsenal expires in 20... Um, it doesn't tell me, unfortunately, um, when his contract expires with Arsenal. But you'd imagine he's got I'd hope a year or two left on his on his Arsenal deal. You've got to try and get that sale of Brook Norton Cuffey uh, in the summer because he's not going to, you know, we've got Timber that's come in. We've still got Tommy Asu still here, Ben White still here. He's never going to get into that squad, is he, at Arsenal? So that's where we need to be better. That's where we need to be better in, in those situations of selling players. Um, Bizarre says, Tom, why did Kieran Tierney deny the recall? Does that essentially mean he's done with Arsenal? It wasn't a case of denying a recall. Arsenal were never looking to recall him. He was just asked a question by a journalist about potentially returning to Arsenal. And he said that he's focused on staying at, at, at Real Sociedad and he wants to stay until the end of the season. It wasn't a case of we tried to recall him and... Um, and he he turned it down. I don't even know if there is even a recall clause in his contract. I've never been told that there is. I, certainly the club, I don't think, are, are releasing any information about whether or not he is. So, you know, he, he ultimately really didn't um, have a, a shot, I think, of, of coming back. So there you go. Um, let's go. Uh, Yakim says, how do you think the Charlie Patino situation will play out? I think he'll go. I think. My... my Certainly when I spoke to somebody close to the player in the summer, the, expect, the, 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 the answer I got was that the timing of his progression, the timing of his movement into the senior level has come at a really bad time from an Arsenal perspective because we have had so many centre midfielders. We signed Declan Rice during last summer. We obviously brought in Jorginho six months before. El Nenny's still here. Partey's still here. The, the timing of, of him coming through with Lewis Skelly, of course, behind him as well, just hasn't worked out I think he will go and I think Arsenal should get a good fee in the summer there should be a lot of interest in Patino he wanted a, a permanent move last summer as well there was they were looking for one it didn't materialize I don't think it, Arsenal got an inquiry they felt was good enough to sell him they activated that two-year clause in his deal um, but I think that 
I think that Patino should get us a good fee. I'd be looking to get around £10 million for Charlie Patino in the summer, at least, really. He might go for less because he's only got a year left on his deal, but Arsenal should be trying to get as much money for him as they can. I think we've seen MM says Juventus have, have been mentioned. I don't know how real that link is, but we've certainly mentioned it. Um, and Yanley says, Tom, I know you're not going to like this. <laughs> It's always a good way to start a comment. But I believe Arteta should be given one more year to prove himself. After that, if there's no trophy, he should be moved on. Hey, look, you're entitled to that opinion. You know, if you can back it up, I have got no qualms with that at all. From my perspective, I don't go on timelines. I don't go off. He's got this amount of time to succeed. I look at the facts. I look at the situation of where Arsenal find themselves in. I know what he's going up against. I think that we've progressed under him. I think we're moving in the right direction towards that goal of a Premier League title. I can't put a timeline on my view of Mikel Arteta because I will know in the moment when I think the time to move on is there. So, But I think if I was to, to predict something, I'd expect another contract renewal. Uh, the club are very calm about that at the moment. There's not really any suggestion that talks are like ongoing and he's only got a year left after this season. But I really would be surprised to see him not sign a brand new deal eventually. Um Matt says, why is it called drum and bass music and not bass and drum music? I think you answered the question by saying it out loud, Matt. Um, by the way, I had some really nice messages in the last couple of days about uh, drum and bass. Uh, people know that it's it's my music genre of choice. It's, it's, I was going to say it's eclectic. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's an eclectic choice. It's a bit of a niche choice. It's not the widest of communities in the world of music. But if you're into drum and bass, make yourself known. Um drum and bass and jungle and stuff like that i am more drum and bass than than into the the, the jungle side of things but um certainly make yourself known i was got a really nice message the other day from uh, a listener of the channel that said that his late um his late partner uh got him into to watching it and um it was just great to kind of hear that story so yeah i like hearing the personal stuff from you guys and you learn more about each other and uh, we've got a brilliant community here very supportive community so thank you for those that sent. and yesterday to be fair a lot i think in yesterday morning's show when i was talking about you know how the last two months have been really um there've been some real challenges in the last two months and you guys sent me a lot of really nice i think i may have come across like things were really bad because <laughs> i had a couple of people reach out to me checking if i was all right and i was fine it's just um i can talk about it tomorrow because tomorrow is is just the date i can talk about it in more detail but um yeah i think i made it sound quite bad and actually in reality it's it's, it's a good thing but thank you uh, for all the really kind messages you're absolutely amazing and the support you i get here is is unbelievable so thank you um Let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, Lee says, Tom, do you think the club missed on a trick by not getting Madison when Xhaka left? I don't think so because Madison obviously has been playing mainly where Odegaard plays. And I know you could argue that maybe we could have played Madison on the left and Odegaard on the right. I think that Madison was always going to suit a system where the other midfielders that play alongside him are behind um and Erdegaard of course was never going to be able to do that so no I don't think so his injuries of course have been horrendous for Spurs so have we really um have we have we have we missed out on that one I don't know I think that we could look back on that deal as something in the future that we may regret not doing but he's been missing for so much of this season and people are really kind of done with some of the players um that have been too injured for us as well um Paplova says, Tom, uh, you always speak the truth about Arsenal, but sometimes that truth hurts me so much. I can only apologise. I can only speak what I think. You know, I can only give you what I believe to be is my view of things. And I know that some people are done with Arteta at this stage and some people want to move on. And that's fine. You're entitled to that view. You're entitled to that opinion. If you can back it up always. That's why I always invite um, people to come on for those phone-in shows, to have discussions about the manager. Um and it's hard sometimes to, to get the reality of, of Arsenal's situation. And our reality is a tough one. The challenge that we have of trying to beat Manchester City to a title or beat Liverpool, who have obviously been with Man City for the last however many years, is a really difficult one. Especially because since Arteta came in, we've had to just completely rip up the squad and change it. Because the only way we were going to get to where we want to be is by changing things with a massive overhaul. And we're not done yet. We're, we're not done yet. Um, so the, 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 we still need more players. We still need more quality. We still need more investment. And that's not a surprise. You can spend 590 million quid as Arteta has, and we're still 
more than half a billion off of what Pep invested in the squad that we're going up against. And not only that, but that doesn't even count the players like De Bruyne that he, he inherited as well. So, yeah, it's uh, we've still got a way to go with this squad. We've still got a way to go with our business. But what we've done with the squad whilst we've been going through a rebuild, I think has been startling, really, and, and quite surprising. Uh, John says, bless you, Tom, making up these words, <laughs> uncomfortability. It's easier just to say discomfort. You're right. But we like these made-up words here, John. You know, you've got to appreciate a good TGT-ism. Uh, we've had a fair few of them. And uncomfortability is definitely a new one that will not be going anywhere. We'll make up words like it's going out of fashion if we want to. Um, HB says, hi, Tom. Do you think that we could do a swap deal for Partey and Douglas Louise? No, I don't. I don't think that um, Aston Villa would have any interest. Um, sorry, I don't think Aston, yeah, I don't think Aston Villa would have any interest in swapping them. They'll ask for a huge fee for... Um, uh, we'll ask for a huge, huge fee for, for Douglas Louise. They'll be, you know, 100 million pounds they'll probably look for, and we're just not going to be able to do that. So, yeah, not not really. Martin's not a fan of drone bass. He calls it brain dead music. <laughs> My in laws in the car yesterday driving up to South London certainly would agree with you, Martin. And eventually we had to put 80s on because uh, they couldn't stomach it anymore. Uh, Tizer says players like Tony Watkins and Bowen have come from the championship and now wanted for loads of money. Are we missing a trick by not looking for a striker there? I mean, yeah, you could argue that Guy Ocarez as well, who was at Coventry last season, who's gone to Sporting, done very well. Are we not using the championship um, market well enough? Maybe we're not. Maybe we're not. Um Let's go to um, Samson says, do you think the Premier League will scrap the offside rule that allows play to continue? Stones and Edison both have been injured because of the continued play. I, th I think, Samson, that they won't. And the reason why they won't is because there's going to be a time where the opposite happens, where a, where a linesman puts their flag up and a player is through on goal and it wasn't offside. And the reason why they don't put their flag up is because of those situations and injuries. And some, you think about the amount of times it happens, and then you think about the amount of injuries that have been sin because of this policy. The number of times it happens compared to the number of injuries is a very small percentage. And you might say that it only needs a small percentage for us to start a conversation about whether we should continue. But I was listening to Five Live yesterday, and Pat Nevin rightly pointed out that ultimately we need the play to continue because the referees and the officials aren't good enough on a consistent enough basis to make the right call for those offsides. And so we need the play to continue to work out whether or not um, that player's movement or the the play was was legal. And because we can't rely upon the uh because we can't rely on the, the the officials to make the right calls on a consistent enough basis, we have to unfortunately take that risk. Injuries are going to happen and they have happened. And we might suffer them as well. And then we'll have to, have to have that conversation. But we can't trust the officials to make the right choice. And until we can, this is the type of thing that we need to implement to be able to do that. Um, Daniel says, if I was Edu during this window, what would your plans be for the squad? Sell whoever to top your budget, uh, 30 to 40 million dream scenario. And this is the thing, like, we've got to be able to sell a player this window if we want to do some business. We've got to be able to sell an Inketia or a Smithrow or a Nelson or a Ramsdale. We've got to sell somebody to be able to do some business during this one. Not because we don't have money. It's really important to always make that distinction. It's not because we don't have money, but it's because we, we need the freedom to spend because of the profit and sustainability rules. When you sell a player, that money goes straight onto your books. When you buy a player, obviously that amortization spreads it across the length of a contract to the maximum of five years. So we... We, for me, need to to look at trying to find that sale. And that's hard because you've got to find a club that, first of all, want to come in and spend the money that you want to get. I've heard about the Crystal Palace interest in Ketty, but the figures that I'm hearing are nowhere near the figures that I think Arsenal would end up accepting for Eddie and Ketty. There's been nothing in terms of an official bid, but the numbers of, like, when I'm hearing about some of the inquiries about the Eddie and Ketty situation are not high at all. So I hope that, that that goes up. I hope that um, we we see them come in with a, a genuine, genuine bid, um, and Arsenal can move him on and bring in a centre forward, if or another a forward player. I think that to be honest, if you sold Inketia, I wouldn't sign a striker during this window because I don't think the strikers that are going to really take us to the next level are available, even if Inketia goes. If Inketia was to go for say thirty million pounds during this window, 
I'd look to bring in either another midfielder with that money or I'd look to bring in another wide, versatile forward with that money. And so because of that, it's you can't see the striker that we need coming in with that amount of money. But you can see you can see Arsenal going out to the market, maybe bringing in a wide player, maybe bringing in a centre midfielder, maybe bringing in a uh, another defender or even. But yeah, I think with, with Jesus, Havertz and Trossard, you've got enough options there to last you the rest of the season without Nketiah. And if you bring in another wide player as well, that offers you another uh, potential. Daniel's saying, I want names. So do I. So do I, Daniel. I'd love some names. I really would. But it's really difficult to see what we can do because it's difficult to know how much money we would even have to be able to spend, even if Nketiah was to go. Just because we sell for 30 million doesn't mean it's 30 million you have to spend. You can actually, I think, have a little bit more freedom because of the amortization. If I was to choose a midfielder, it would be Yusuf Fafana. I think I've said that a number of times. I've been very consistent about who I'd like to be our midfield signing. And I think he's very accessible as well because he only has a very short amount of time left on his contract. So Yusuf Fafana would be my midfielder of choice. Defender. You know, I really don't think that the Cadiolu links, I, I think he's a good player. And I think he's accessible for maybe a good fee. So maybe Cadiolu is a good fullback option. It gives us something a bit different. He's, a, he's an attacking-minded fullback. And I think could offer us something. And um, in terms of a wide player, you know, I like Neto, but he's obviously had his injury issues. Um, but the wide players are going to be more expensive. Who would I sign? Which wide player? Would I go to Sporting and have a look and see how much they want for Pedro Conchalves? Maybe. But he's not really that rapid wide player that could do the business. Um, I'd have to have a think about the forward player. But I've given you some names, Daniel. So hopefully that can uh, tide you over for the <laughs> for however long you need to. Anyway, I think we'll end the show there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Um, and thank you, as I said before, for all the kind messages that you've sent over the last 24 hours. It means a lot. I look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. I'm going to be able to talk a little bit about what's been going on. Um, uh, over the last uh, couple of months because it's been a very challenging couple of months but thank you for the support that you've shown and uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning uh, for another episode uh, which can of course give you everything that has happened in the next 24 hours which includes more Premier League action we've got a couple of games in the league uh, Everton against Aston Villa and Manchester United against Spurs I'll be trying to give you some more content throughout the day over on football.london so make sure you go and check out the pieces over there and uh yeah have a fantastic and relaxed sunday see you soon stay safe stay well stay happy and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.